0: Well, it sounds like if they were friends, they're not <laughs> Probably friends. Probably not, not anymore. anymore.
1: No, we wouldn't be friends if you tried to, like, make me mortgage my house for a rock, paper, scissors game.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm returning as Rory.
1: <laughs> Yay, Rory!
0: Yay, Rory.
1: We're Welcome back. We're excited <laughs> to have you. Thank you.
2: Good to be back. Good to, even through the
0: internet, have some contact with other people. Yes. And uh, you, Rory, you weren't with us last time because you are classified as a essential worker. Yes, I am. How yes, do you I feel?
1: Am. Do you feel essential?
2: I do. I actually have been made to feel very invaluable, which is, it's nice, you know a lot of the time I as an essential worker I'm not super essential I'm not healthcare but I am working in a, a grocery store part time and uh you mm-hmm. know people got to eat people got to get their necessities and uh it uh it has helped my self esteem that people are treating me with more dignity and more importance than they ever have before so yeah, it does. Wow. You walk
0: around. Do you walk around with your elbows out saying yeah, "I'm essential, out of the way"? I, I I'm certainly, uh,
2: certainly don't
0: do that. But uh. <laughs> that that there's a running uh, meme online where people are walking around yelling "I'm, I'm essential, <laughs> get out of the, to get people out of the way."
2: I mean, you know how. Um, grocery stores, because we're trying to maintain social distancing, have actually implemented queues. There's lineups in order to get into grocery stores. So I guess a little bit of the whole out of my way I'm essential does happen when I cut the line. Every time I come into work, I just see the long line of people and I walk right on past them and, you know, kind of flash my my shirt that says (laughs) food basics and they got to clear a path for me. So yeah, maybe I spoke too soon.
0: Maybe I do. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You are doing Central. it. You're, you're... Yeah. Just start announcing, I'm essential <laughs> out of the way.
1: <laughs> Enjoy the power,
2: Rory. <laughs> well, like Maybe not power, but um, the importance. People acknowledge that I, I need to be there, that it's important for them to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish, for me to be there and, uh, and help them with their grocery shopping, keep the store shelves stocked.
1: With great power comes great responsibility.
0: <laughs> but it makes you—I mean—realize how our the fun foundations of our society are based on some of these essential services. Yeah, Otherwise, everything collapses.
2: There's, there's been a lot of uh, you know threads through my Facebook about how people are reevaluating based on this essential worker thing, you know. A lot of essential worker friends of mine, of course, are leading the charge saying, "Yeah, you see, we are the most valuable workers. We should be making the big bucks, not so much your uh middle-tier managers or accountants or or CEOs or sports athletes, you know. The people who make sure that food ends up in your household, they're pretty important too." So, how about we uh we keep us on the higher pay scale? I don't know if that's going to happen, but <laughs>
0: It's a nice line. Are you line. enjoying... Paid, paid a decent salary to warrant uh, people kind of continuing to work in these services.
2: I feel like Sherry was about to ask about
1: the... I was going to ask, are you enjoying your $2 pay raise? <laughs> I am.
2: I, your I extra am
1: like 20 bucks a week?
2: <laughs> I'm very excited about it. You know, small things make a, a big difference. And, you know, over the, the entire scape of all the grocery store workers out there, I'm sure this is a fairly significant investment that... Uh, That the major chains have made. And, you know, I'm grateful for it and uh it makes me push for more hours for the first time in a long time, as opposed to being like, yeah, it's okay, you can keep me at the bare minimum and I'll juggle my different responsibilities now. It's like, yeah, give me all the hours you can and (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let me take full advantage of these extra two dollars an hour. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you find people like uh shoppers are I guess uh putting on a lot of, like, gear to kind of protect Absolutely, themselves. Absolutely, like, yes. I've seen some photos from a photography friend of people uh, literally putting full, it looks like almost full hazmat suits on.
2: You know that uh, that guy who was part of Darth Vader's uh, flight squadron in Star Wars who had the tubes running off of his helmet? Yeah, there's some people with some pretty elaborate setups out there, you know. Like the very professional looking masks it got the filters on the sides, and yeah but you know they're they're doing their part you i can't uh begrudge them for trying to be safe for themselves or you know protecting other people through wearing the appropriate protective gear
0: yeah, I just hope people uh at least they don't they need to just not touch their face like even with all that gear, yeah, i mean even if you have all that gear, the moment you touch your face. <laughs> it's all ruined.
2: And it can be really, really hard, especially, you know, working for a full eight hour day in a grocery store and being so aware that I'm touching things that other people are coming in contact with. Every time I straighten a product on the shelf, it means it was out of place because somebody moved it out of place. Other hands have touched it and you get get that itch and you're like, what do I do? Do I just hold off until I have to go to the washroom, wash my hands thoroughly and then finally relieve myself with a scratch of my face or do i find some article of my clothing that i assume hasn't come in contact with my my hands and try to touch that against my face to wipe it it's a difficult thing keeping contact away from a face for an entire day
0: yeah i've been pretty good at not putting things back like the moment i touch it i'm buying it (laughs) yeah i i I, I, and what i will do is I'll, i'll It's really weird because, like, I start inspecting the produce, like, side to side. (laughs) I was like, is this this okay? And then the moment I touch it, I'm just like, and it's too late. I'm buying. I have to buy. You find that blemish on the side you couldn't see. Oh, no. You're like, damn it.
1: (laughs) There have been rare times I put stuff back. Usually it's just, like, raspberries because, like, you have to look at the bottom of the container to see if there's any mold or anything. And so if I pick a container up and I don't like the look of it, I'll put it back. But, like, that's very rare. I will do the whole, like, yeah, side but, to side, least, find my that, 360 degrees. But at least that's degrees. a container. Yeah.
0: But at least that's a container. I mean, like, you know, uh, there's, like, peppers. Like, I, I, I bought some peppers and I had to, like, inspect it side to side before I picked it up.
1: <laughs> I've been putting my hand in those uh, plastic uh, grocery bags or whatever that oh, are in the produce section. And then I pick yeah. up, the like, the fruit or whatever. So that I can, like, inspect it. Because it's amazing how we don't really think about – we've done these things for a long time. Like, this is how we grocery shop. We grocery shop by picking things up and looking at them and smelling them and whatever. Versus now, it's like, I don't want to touch anything. Anything I touch, I'm just buying. That's it. Even cardboard boxes stuff like that, like, I won't – I won't pick things up. I will look at like I'll do that 360 degree look around, make sure it's not dense or anything, and then I'll pick it up.
2: (laughs) It's amazing what that extra level of conscious or conscientiousness does, you know, when you're being so self-reflective of what am I doing right now? And it just changes your entire behavior scheme. Yeah.
0: So today we're going to talk about some positive stories we're trying to keep it positive keep it relatively light because uh we don't want to focus on the negative and you know even though there's a lot of negativity going on right now there are some positive stories that are happening and uh, we're gonna highlight some of the good stuff that has been occurring so why don't you take it away rory i think you have some well yeah stories that
2: absolutely and i'm actually going to start you know keeping with the the theme of the grocery store and just uh Offer some praise out there to every customer that I've encountered who's been patient, polite, and gracious. You know, it it sounds silly, but the announcement that says a, a thank you goes a long way. It really does go a long way. It, you know, colors an entire interaction when somebody, you know, says, I really appreciate what you're doing right now. You know, makes me feel important and that it's worth my time to be there and helping with whatever they need.
1: I'm glad that people are treating you well. Cause that was my one big worry is that you would have a lot of people who are just like stressed out to the max and impatient and just want to get in and out as quickly as possible. And that like, they would just be treating you rotten. And so I'm glad to hear that people are treating you well. Mm-hmm. I try to thank my grocery store people every time that I go in, every time I leave. Yeah. Cause it's not a job I want to be doing. It's, it's, it's scary out there to be honest.
2: Yeah. No, it it definitely does worry me and for my particular role I come in less contact with people even more than, you know, thanking the the people stocking the shelves. Make sure you're polite and patient with the cashiers because they have such a difficult role right now in being in frontline direct contact with so many people. Like I can go through my day and maybe only encounter 30, 40 people. I have no idea how many the cashiers encounter. Hundreds for sure. So they definitely deserve all the breaks you can give them, every customer out there.
1: Yeah, I want to know like what else I can do for these people. Like I just want to like go to the grocery store and start handing out chocolates or something. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> but with distance, it's so hard, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I mean the best we can do is you know, respect the the rules that are in place. You know, keep your distance. Uh, don't... Uh, just don't be a COVID-idiot. <laughs> uh, and encroach on people and I
2: don't know. I, I must confess, guys, I don't know what a COVID-idiot is. This must be oh, a meme Rory. that was going Missed around. Our episode. <laughs> I did miss our episode. You guys know I've been super busy. So can I get the spark notes? What's the quick synopsis? What's a, what's a COVID-idiot?
0: What do we? What we had a definition. <laughs> now, now I have to like re-relook it up. Did again. you work <laughs> it down <laughs> to a
2: fine point? What Was it?
0: It, it? No, it's it's in it's um it's in the dictionary now. It's a it's a real word. Oh so, my! Um, so a covidiot is someone who ignores the warnings regarding public health or safety. A person who hoards goods, denying them from their neighbors. So you know, it, it to be used in a sentence, for example, did you see the COVID with 300 rolls of toilet paper yes. in his basket?
2: Yes. All right. Say no more, Kenny. I have a
0: complete <laughs> and clear picture. It's that guy. That's who you're talking about. Yes, it is that guy. <laughs> Do
1: you see a yeah, lot of the, the, hoarding still? Hoarding
0: is a little much. I
2: I see a lot of rushes on certain products. It. On different days, different products. There was obviously the rush on toilet paper at the very start, and it's still kind of ongoing that yes and no, whether people buy up all of our toilet paper. Hand soap has become a more recent one that people are buying en masse and we're frequently running out. But also things you wouldn't expect, like eggs have sold really, really quickly. And eggs are a perishable product, which confuses me a bit. You can't really hoard eggs effectively. So I, I think
1: my um, thoughts on this is that eggs are really cheap, so it's a really cheap meal that you can make. And maybe people are eating breakfast at home a lot more. I know I am. I have time to eat breakfast at home, so I cook myself some eggs. I cook my dog some eggs. And then, yeah, we go through.
0: You Wait, sorry. You cook <laughs> your dogs. I caught yeah. that too. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: It's good for them.
0: <laughs> I know, but wow your dogs are really pampered <laughs> they I live love them large do they eats. have like little bibs and tables that you set up for them too
1: yeah little cuddlery
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: <laughs> no but like i have i have a greyhound here, here's
0: who's... me just throwing kibble at my cat I'm like here you go
1: <laughs> i have a greyhound who has a really sensitive stomach and so giving her eggs is really good so I don't know. She's been really pampered. When I go back to work, she's gonna hate it. She won't get eggs every day. Did you
0: sprinkle a little paprika on it for <laughs> the dog? Have that some bowl parsley? of kibble. Just look at parsley? it. <laughs> what is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need to send your cat to me, I will make him eggs every day.
0: <laughs> she she only she's very picky. She only likes like tuna. Uh well. So. Only the finest tuna for her. Mm. So it's
1: very cool. Yeah, so anyway. We've gone
2: a little ways towards solving the egg mystery. I was a bit confused, but you make a, a really good point about the breakfast at home, Sherry. That
1: well, especially when people are trying to save money and not spend as much, and eggs are really cheap options and mm-hmm. great for breakfast that people are eating now. So, yeah, yeah. I used to eat breakfast out a lot. I used to stop on my way when I got coffee, and now. Now I'm so much better. I'm eating breakfast. Perfect. I'm eating too much. <laughs> that's my problem.
0: It's super tempting. The only, the only thing I'm hoarding is chocolate. I don't know why no one's hoarding chocolate. Because that's, <laughs> the, that's the first thing I like did a beeline for. I was like, I must get to the Nutella.
2: He's got the whole shelf. What is he doing? <laughs> I really haven't changed my my behaviors, but I think that might be a perk of being a grocery store worker. Is I'm always super aware of what we have and what we're running out of, and so I kind of have the inside track on what I need to buy and what I don't need to buy, what's in jeopardy, what's How in How often
0: not. are supplies like being restocked? Like, is it every day things come in? Oh, absolutely.
2: You know, for any kind of grocery store in a, a city the size of London or probably even smaller you're getting new stock in every single day you know it's different things you juggle it about most of the dairy load comes in your monday wednesday friday most of your frozen load will be like maybe a tuesday thursday so it's not like a big bottleneck of uh supplies coming in but yeah every day new stuff
1: we need the inside track so we can get the lysol
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm still i'm working on that for you sherry (laughs) That's uh, these sanitizers have been a thing that we haven't been able to get for quite a while. I'm I'm not sure whether it's being diverted to probably facilities that need it more than uh, than common consumers. Healthcare facilities. That's my like guess. That. Yeah, is that
0: the the sanitizers are okay, being but redirected? Also, the the capacity, like the manufacturing capacity. No one set like the companies are not set up to produce no, this much no, and uh, sanitizer.
2: Anytime there's a, a shock and a buy of a certain product, you really realize how um not adaptable. Fragile? Yeah. Well I'm trying to think of the word for not adaptable, but we we'll just go with not adaptable. They're they don't pivot on a dime, these production facilities, you know. If there's a, a huge spike in demand, we run out of things really, really quickly. So The best, one of the things that people can do is, you know, don't get swept up into the craze and just buy what you normally would need and normally would do. And, you know, that's a good community behavior as well for keeping enough for everyone.
1: Sorry, my dogs are now active. (laughs) I heard,
0: I heard a a little
1: howl in the background.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, I I can, I'll be able to edit that out.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: for the most part.
1: <laughs> and I had to let my dog outside. Like this is Zoom is so hard when you're like at home. <laughs> I want to go back to the library. The library was so great.
2: It was nice. Our little library nook was my favorite place to record this kind of thing. I miss that in-person interaction as well, you know. All praise for Zoom and the internet, you know, technology is enabling us to have even this level of contact. But there's something very human about meeting up face-to-face to, to do this sort of thing
0: yeah it's sad when i reflect back i'm like who was the last person i touched <laughs> so, yeah i was like i gave someone a hug at the airport like way back in like early march that was it that was the last person i touched
1: oh <laughs> my Kenny. goodness that's so tragic <laughs> Rory, who's the last person you touched? Because you also live alone.
2: Now that I've called Kenny's situation a tragedy, I don't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there are, every once in a while you'll get a customer, whether they're a COVID idiot or whatever they are, but they want to break the rules. I have been touched on the shoulder by people before while working, which... I don't like, I don't think they should be doing that. They should be respecting distance more than that. But some people really want to thumb their nose at the restrictions and they feel, I'm not sick. I'm not going to get other people sick. This is ridiculous. I get it, but it's a no-no.
0: Yeah. I'll give a little complaint right now. But uh, So I'm on my condo board and I got a complaint from someone uh, about a situation and then they insisted that we have a meeting with the residents, like, together. And it was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, are you are you serious? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you want all the residents of the building to meet to discuss this <laughs> issue? Let's it's fit like, in a crammed uh, little no. space,
2: too, so we're shoulder to shoulder and we can feel each other breathing. This sounds like a great idea. Yeah, not right now. Not happening. Now, if they said, let's have a Zoom call about it, you yeah. know, maybe.
1: <laughs> Even then trying to get people at the same time oh, to do yeah. something is so frustrating. It'd be a
2: logistical nightmare. But at least you wouldn't be in physical space with uh other people who carry their own germs.
1: I can't believe people have touched you. Like Yeah. I mean, a couple months ago I would have said like, "Oh, that's not great" or whatever. But now it's like this this horrible thing. Like I after this is over, I don't want to be touched by people for a long time.
0: Yeah. It's a bit. Uh, you need to bring some Lysol with you. Like when they touch you, spray them. <laughs> <laughs> Open them. Down.
2: It's funny you say that. We do each have, uh, you know, the company's been pretty good for making sure we have some protective supplies. I have my own personal spray bottle of sanitizer that I'm allowed to use. And I assume I'll be able to get a refill when I run out. I hope so. Nice. But, you know, if they touch me on the shoulder, it's my clothes. I'm not going to spray my clothes. Oh no, no,
0: just spray that. <laughs> just spray that yeah. in the face. It's alcohol based. <laughs> it would really hurt. <laughs> well, you gotta disinfect them. It was like, I, I can't risk you spreading anything, so. For the good of society, I shall spray you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's keep this on the friendly level. <laughs> you're helping. You're, this is a good thing.
2: You're right, you're right. Oh, I was going to uh, segue with, you know, everybody's stuck at home. You know, can't go out that much. So I thought it might be kind of fun to bring up a, a positive news story in the, the realm of video games, which is still one of my favorite hobbies and passions. I've been keeping tabs on the, the latest Final Fantasy VII remake that's hit the, the PlayStation 4. And I was really curious how this was going to do, since it's only part of the game and people are rebuying the same game. But I was actually really happy, and I hope I'm not alone in this to see that it's uh, now the best-selling game for the PS4, just thanks to the surge of people staying home and playing games. And I'm hopeful that this uh, creates a bit of a resurgence in the the JRPG market because that was really important in my formative years. I I don't know if uh, I'm alone in this, Sherry. Did you play a lot of JRPGs
0: back in the day? Yeah can can you de- can you define that? Uh... The acronym? Because I'm not familiar with Oh, it. for
2: sure. I, I'm i already going to count Kenny out on joining in on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a JRPG is a, a Japanese role-playing game. And so... Okay. Just your your standard, based on the, the same principles... As what a,
0: makes it Japanese? Is it just because it's Japanese? Just the stories characters? come from Japan. Nothing more complicated than
2: that. And of course, role-playing games are, you know the adapted form of uh, of tabletop games. You know, you bring that whole adventure sense and creating a world to console or computer video games. But uh, I just found that there were some really, really unique and interesting stories that probably the most complicated stories in video games came out through Japanese role-playing games when I was really young. And Didn't we
1: talk about video games for one of our... Recordings.
2: I'm sure it's come up before, especially since it's a hobby of uh, of both of ours. But I don't know if we've talked about how the Japanese role playing game market has hit a bit of a, a downturn. They're they're certainly not as big as they were in the 90s. And this news that this remake of a of a classic JRPG you know trending so high in the sales has given me a bit of hope that maybe we'll see these stories return. And you know bring that perspective back to the video game market.
0: For sure. I mean, the, the same thing like Netflix has seen increases in subscribers. Uh, so video game adoption would definitely probably increase as well as people stay in more trying to uh, basically use up all the, all their time. So they mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. There's, you know,
2: so much more time that people have to spend, you know, those with families are obviously uh forced into more of a spend time with their kids role, which I'm I'm sure they're loving and enjoying every minute of. But uh yeah, for me, in just this stage of my life, it's it's more about consuming media that I haven't had the time to consume before or having hope for media making a resurgence that I, I feel has kind of fallen into the background. It's interesting you bring up Netflix though, because I, I read another article that pointed out that the most popular movie being watched on Netflix right now is the film Contagion,
0: which is, yeah. it's, is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's been years since i It's I've not
1: one it. of your favorites, is it?
0: <laughs> no, it is. Uh, so the reason why I like it is because of the uh, immense accuracy in that movie. I really enjoy very accurate movies. and
1: Why am I not surprised?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I, I appreciate it like I rewatched it recently cuz I'm like oh let's see what all the fuss is about and I uh I hadn't watched it since it came out whatever year that happened to be yeah.
0: but when you watch it don't do you kind of think to yourself oh that's what we're going through right <laughs> yeah. now yeah <laughs> yeah
2: there's there's a lot of uh, relevant
0: points that are being made and uh, a lot of uh with with one of the scenes where uh the CDC is recommending shutting down and the city officials saying oh do we really need to shut down? <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah the same arguments the same Economy versus uh safety debates coming out yeah it,
1: it was it's... a bit more of um, a deadly pandemic though in contagion
2: for sure I mean it was it has to be for for the sensational aspects of uh, of a movie like that, but yeah i I was really impressed like Kennedy with the accuracy of it and uh, and just with the ruthlessness of it there's no you know, oh, that character's important, so they get a way out, you know, other than the, the Matt Damon character, I suppose, who gets the, the oh, immunity. Yeah. But
0: And it's a slow burn, like, you know, how they actually end up getting, like, having the vaccine. Yes. I mean, it takes yes. a long mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, well over a year in the story. That, yes, that's actually where I was
2: going, because I remember another movie from even farther back with, uh, I believe, Dustin Hoffman called Outbreak. Yes. And outbreak. <laughs> the solution to outbreak was very, very quick and immediate. They just they found the disease monkey and uh, extracted a sample from him and lickety split. They had this thing licked and uh, and everybody was going to be healthy and vaccinated. You know, not the way that things actually play out in real life, despite some politicians believing that's the way they should play out in real life. Much more accurate to see this slow grind of testing different solutions. And, oh, well, everything we've tested, the virus has killed. So there's a bunch of dead ends until finally they find one that shows potential and it works.
0: Yeah. And if, uh, you know, some people might be concerned Netflix might run out of uh, new shows and things like that, but uh, they've they've actually have a pretty large pipeline of TV shows, so... We're, we're pretty good for 2020. <laughs> so um, we, we might get a little decrease in uh, next year, but uh, pretty much they have enough entertainment to go around for everyone for this year.
2: It'd be really interesting um, with movies
0: and the, the
2: production schedules for movies. So do you... Think that'll be the same as uh, TV shows. Well,
0: I, I think th- th- there's definitely going to be like few, probably fewer productions uh, for next year. But I'm, I think the part of the concern for the that industry is like movie theaters where they tend to make most of the right. that money. That's not happening, right? So um, they're going to need to probably release it on digital, and but they're not going to get. As much money out of it Yeah.
2: So, you know, in terms of cost benefit, are are these production studios even gonna be, you know, green lighting movies until they get a hint that people are gonna be able to file back into movie theaters, you know? It might just be the time of you know re releasing classics for a
1: while. Yeah, what is that even gonna look like when those theaters open? Like it's gonna be so weird. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe people will be a bit tentative at first. You'll see some not sold out shows on opening, or maybe they'll just be like so relieved to finally be allowed to go to theaters that they'll be packed. Hard
0: to say. Mm-hmm. You get a complimentary hazmat. <laughs> a complimentary
1: <theater. laughs> the 3d glasses are built in. To your yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a market there. <laughs>
2: Sherry, I think you might have just solved a, a big problem right there. Yep. <laughs> Anyways my my other bit of uh, a good news that I wanted to uh, to bring to light before seeing what you guys have uh, been looking at lately is I am of course still a big supporter of basic income and you know as a silver lining to the crisis we're in right now is a lot more people are feeling. the the strain of financial insecurity and understanding more the importance of something like a basic income as a a safety net to fall back on. Even the country of Spain has, from what I've read, implemented a form of basic income, which is very exciting. That makes them the first place in the world to actually go through with that. But if you think about it, we're kind of doing a limited run basic income with uh, the Canada Emergency Relief Benefit. And the new student benefit, similar to that, you know, these are basic income programs, tests in a natural sense. And, you know, people should be taking a good, hard look at that and, you know, pushing for the move for politics to to pursue this as a legitimate option.
0: Yeah. And if you kind of think about all the, uh, for example, the government payments that are being provided, I mean, the 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 reason why you would have basic income is to have this floor, right? To have a safety net for people during a situation exactly like mm-hmm. this, or, or in you know, in the world where we didn't have pandem- pandemics, uh, there's life situations that could occur where you lose a job, and uh, having this uh, floor to kind of or net to catch you mm-hmm. uh, will, will really help you kind of survive kind of rough periods in life. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: what would you say, though, to people who are saying, like, we're going into billions and billions of dollars of debt trying to institute this?
2: I have seen that uh, that complaint as well about, oh, I I don't want to know what the taxes are going to look like when all this is over. I think it's still just a matter of, of spending priorities and, you know. You can well
0: I, I don't want to know a world where our hospitals are overloaded and yeah you know, we have many more deaths, so yeah uh, I, I'd rather us deal with the financial consequences later, but really deal with the immediate problem now for sure, and this is coming from you know someone who's fiscally conservative here <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think we can deal with the tax situation later now it's now is the time to uh, solve the health issue.
2: See if Kenny's on board, we can all be on board, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very positive news on that front, and you know it's unfortunate that it took a crisis to to get people there, but now that they're there, if we can keep them there, we could see some real progressive change in our economic
1: systems. We've got some celebrities who are on board as well.: I've heard for basic income, we have the Pope yes, the Pope has endorsed. <laughs> the basic pope himself
2: income. found yes, the uh,
1: himself. praise the lord praise the lord <laughs> <laughs> on easter weekend the weekend where we eat lots of chocolate and um do nothing else <laughs> uh he came out and said that um it is a uh, a good thing that um a lot of leaders and organizations around the world should be considering it more to acknowledge I guess the people working and the people who can't work and yeah.
2: Yeah. And, you know, say what you will about religion overall. I know that's uh, not something that we're really on board with, with the humanist society, but the Pope is an influential figure and he's trying to put out a compassionate message. So in the instance that he's backing basic income, yeah, I think it's fantastic that the Pope is on board.
1: Do you think he's only going to back it for the pandemic though?
2: I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the uh what the church's priority is in that regard.
1: Is he just a fair weather friend?
2: <laughs> Time will tell. But uh <laughs> as a temporary ally, if that's what he is, I'm still glad that he's on the side of basic income. And I hope that leaders are listening to him and saying, Yeah, this is important and it it helps everyone because there was a quote I read from um Adam Ramsey who's with opendemocracy.net and he said that I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the exact quote in front of me but health isn't private you know society's like one big herd and so we need to think about everyone's good health in terms of maintaining our own health you know we're only as safe as our least safe member you know nowhere more evident than when we have a pandemic and anybody could, you know, potentially be a risk to us. Well, we want everybody to be at a higher level of healthcare and health conscientiousness to, you know, make these sorts of critical health situations burn out as quickly as they can. You know, a person in good health and, you know, with good sanitation around them is probably going to have a better chance of not spreading than a person who's, you know, living a really tough existence and Forced to violate protocols left and right just to survive.
1: Yeah. Well, you think about those developing countries.
0: Exactly. If, if you know you're not dependent on um, uh, having to leave isolation because you're if you're running out of money. If you can give people enough assistance to keep them isolated, mm-hmm. then you would reduce the spread during a pandemic situation. Perfect example.
1: Yeah, I worry a lot about the developing countries that, like, people can't really self-isolate that well. Like, there's a lot of homelessness, there's a lot of, you know, people in the streets and that sort of thing. And and how are they going to handle something like this? They need some sort well, of safety I, I net. I
0: love what, I love what, like, uh, South uh, Korea is doing. I mean, South Korea has been doing an amazing job at mm-hmm. um, keeping the situation under control. And, you know, what What does South Korea do when someone has been identified or has a confirmed corona uh, test? They get a package from the government, a package of food supplies, masks, gloves, everything they need to survive on for 14 days. Automatically, they just get a package of food, supplies, everything. And then for uh, the areas in South Korea where there are, uh, like, low-income households, uh, the government will actually come in and actually disinfect uh, all locations, of course, with the permission of residents, which all residents there definitely want. They know how serious the situation is, so they basically come in, quickly disinfect everything for uh, their residents, provide them with some supplies, uh, like masks, gloves, etc. And uh, they just do these constant check-ins with these low-income communities uh, to help control the situation. and. Things like that has worked. I mean, it's demonstrated all the countries out there that has really kind of gotten things under control. You know, South Korea would be one of them. Yeah,
2: yeah, that all sounds really excellent. Another uh, country who I hear did really well with uh, curbing the pandemic is New Zealand, who went on a yep. really quick lockdown. New Zealand's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, countries out there who are doing a phenomenal job at handling things, and hopefully we get there too. Hopefully, news that the uh, new case curve is flattening, and perhaps will eventually turn to a downward trend. We're being
0: hopeful, right, guys?
1: (laughs) Not (laughs) the darkest darkest timeline, (laughs) right? (laughs) Hopefulness. As
0: as I look up our current case numbers,
1: um, oh boy,
2: Kenny, I don't want to know reality right now. If (laughs) if it's bad news, then just like, oh yes, they exist. Case numbers. (laughs) We'll we'll
0: save it. We'll save it. We'll save it at the end. Let's stay happy. Okay. (laughs) Next topic. Next happy topic.
1: Okay. Uh, So mine is like a little bit way out there. Like we were talking about really serious stuff and whatever. Um, So I found an article uh, and the title is $500,000 bet on rock, paper, scissors ruled invalid by Quebec court. (laughs) (laughs) So oh, <laughs> come back.
2: Come on. In for a penny, so, in for a pound. There's no backing out now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I guess these two guys had a bet um on three games of rock, paper, scissors, a five hundred thousand dollar debt, um, and the loser took out a mortgage on his house to pay off the debt. <laughs> Um, and, uh, ended up deciding to go to court to, um, I guess, combat it and say like, I'm not going to pay this amount of money.
2: <laughs> Why is this a thing? Like, I don't know. Wanna- yes. How-, How did it get taken so seriously? <laughs>
1: We can't even call this person a COVID-idiot or anything because it happened in... um, The games took place in January of 2011, and it's finally (laughs) gone through the courts. Since we've been making
2: payments the whole time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was a decision that was made in 2017, and then it was appealed. Uh, So the appeal, I think, happened recently. Um, But they decided the uh, Superior Court Justice decided um i don't know they talked about like what constitutes a bet and um like what you can bet on and things like that and and then they just decided like the wager was too excessive so we're gonna overturn it
0: (laughs) 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 So so in theory if you were to make a bet like what would be required to actually make it official then
1: um oh it talked about do
0: you need like witnesses do you need like i don't know are there some guidelines to make it official so in in the article
1: in the article it says quebec law stipulates that for a wagering contract to be valid it must be related to activities requiring only skill or bodily exertion on the part of the parties rather than to chance furthermore the amount wagered must not be excessive
2: I just throw your whole body into that rock paper scissors, and I think there's a case to be made. Exactly,
0: Uh, each each body um, position is like a rock. uh, You know, a rock you can like curl (laughs) up into a ball. Uh, Scissor, you do a scissor kick,
2: and your case isn't over, guy who won five hundred grand on this. (laughs) Keep fighting.
1: But like who would go to who would go to court over this? This just seems like it's so silly. Like it wastes everyone's time.
2: <laughs> were these people friends? Was the relationship between the two contestants uh, stated?
1: It didn't talk about the relationship of those people. Just that there was a game of rock. I, I'm sure I could go back in time in well. The it internet, sounds like
0: if they were friends, they're not <laughs> probably friends. Not, not anymore. anymore.
1: No. No, we wouldn't be friends if you tried to, like, make me (laughs) mortgage my house for a rock, paper, scissors game.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I could trick you into taking that bet in the first place. I think you'd be too cautious. I'd be too cautious.
1: Well, you might make that bet on a lark of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you 500 grand. You know what I mean? But, like, that's not a bet that you make seriously.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a King of the Hill episode about this at some point in the past where, I don't even remember the characters' names, but the, the guy who was all about uh, pesticiding, fumigating lawns or whatever, he won it from one of the other guys and then he actually tried to collect and the guy is swiping his credit card in the grocery store, debit card, whatever. It's like, invalid, you're tapped out or something like that because oh, he, he wrote him a check. He wrote him a million-dollar check for some wager that they did, and then this guy tried to cash it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's good news for this guy who no longer has to pay $500,000. <laughs>
2: Light at the end of the tunnel, though, that he's been combating this for nine years now.
1: <laughs> I mean, in, like, lawyer's fees alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's probably $500,000 for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Lawyers are the real winners in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's good news. Um and then I had one more uh article that I found. Uh the Hubble Space Telescope has turned thirty years old.
2: Ah that's why I saw something in my news feed about best images from the lifespan of the Hubble
0: telescope. It's because mm-hmm. it's an anniversary. And I'm so surprised it's still alive. Yeah, it's still
1: running. Yeah, I know, right? You'd think that it would have broken down at some point in space. I feel like in my 30 years, I've broken down <laughs> on Earth.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my body's already falling apart every day. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah but uh, the space, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope, um, it did take some beautiful images but it has also allowed astronomers to measure the acceleration of our universe. Pretty cool. Provided evidence of dark matter and observed atmospheres around exoplanets and then monitored planets in our own solar system. So it's done a lot of really great stuff. And it's, it's amazing to think it's not outdated, especially thinking about how our technology has evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Built to last.
1: Congratulations,
0: mm-hmm. Hubble. Yeah. And the, if you remember, uh, well, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Hubble first launched, um, they they deemed Hubble as one of the worst engineering mistakes to ever <laughs> uh, been sent to space. No, I don't remember <laughs> so, that. <laughs> okay, so when they first uh, sent Hubble to space, they turned on the cameras and they mm. started taking photos. And then when they looked at the photos, they noticed... All the photos are blurry. Yeah, <laughs> every single photo is blurry because they had um, uh, basically the mirror had been manufactured to the wrong specifications, so everything was out of focus for Hubble, which is why they had to send the space shuttle up to actually put a corrective optical lens, like putting on glasses, <laughs> uh, in order to cor- uh, correct the the all the all the uh, lensing within the. Um, Hubble Space Telescope. Wow, That's a crazy I did read story. about that. <laughs> yeah, so it's really funny because it turned to be one of the biggest like engineering blunders, <laughs> and then, uh, now it's a success. It's okay, Hubble. We got some bifocals for you. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
1: Well, sometimes it takes time to realize you have a vision problem. It was just a baby, and. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh, maybe on to uh, keeping on to the space topic. Um re- recently SpaceX launched another mission uh and this mission was to send up 60 satellites all in one shot. So uh SpaceX is working on a project called Starlink and they've been setting up hundreds of tiny little satellites into space into low earth low earth orbit. Um, so in total, right now they have about 422 of these satellites in low Earth orbit. And the whole purpose of this uh, network of satellites is actually to provide high-speed internet into uh, all, basically, all over the world. Um, the 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 main reason why is because right now in like developing countries, over 50% of the population doesn't have internet access uh and even within the developed countries uh only about like 15% of the population doesn't have reliable internet access um so in 2020 this year uh SpaceX hopes to have internet access to uh northern parts of the US and also Canada um trying to serve rural communities and if you kind of can envision you know in indigenous communities uh, also potentially have lack of access to reliable high-speed internet. So this network of satellites will help enable that because right now to provide internet access to remote places, it's just super expensive. Mm-hmm. So having these satellites uh, would be a big help. Um, there's There's been a lot of concerns from a few people. Uh, the two major concerns people typically bring up is, uh, number one, you're putting... I mean, at the end of the day, there's going to be when the full network is built out. There's going to be thousands of satellites in space, uh. So there's concerns about debris. Um. So SpaceX, their, uh, their justification is they're putting these satellites in really low or- Earth orbit, so much lower than most satellites. Um. And they have uh ion thrusters to kind of keep it in orbit, but At a certain point, it's easy for them to actually de-orbit these satellites. And because they're so small, they they can burn up. Uh, And they also have a navigation system that can actually avoid objects autonomously. So they built a lot of autonomous uh, intelligence into the satellite. The other big concern is actually from astronomers because... Uh, I don't know, have you guys ever seen satellites when you're looking up in the night sky? Sometimes you might see like... Just yeah, the blinking I light, thought. right? Star yeah, move. moving across the sky, and then blinks yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, so the concern here is, well, if you have thousands of these, are you just going to flood the entire mm. night sky with lights uh, moving about? So um, SpaceX is trying to address that right now. They're actually working on painting the spacecraft to a very dark color to try to mask uh all of its reflections. Um so but I think it's it would still be an ongoing concern for astronomers, mm-hmm. especially if they're trying to do science. Uh, and, and for me, you know, if I'm trying to enjoy the night sky. I like the idea of seeing like a satellite every now and then. I don't know about the idea of seeing like, <laughs> a fleet a of, them of, them of them blocking your vision. Around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh so those are some of the concerns. But I think uh, what's really interesting is just providing Internet services to these developing countries and developing communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it really helps a lot of emerging uh, uh, countries kind of be participate in the benefits of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can think of an example where right now I'm, I'm working uh, for within my company, working with a university on looking at how to serve. Uh, Serve rural communities in Mexico. And in these rural communities in Mexico, they rely on like water delivery uh, for their drinking water. Uh, They don't have access to a lot of clean, safe water. So they actually have to bring these trucks in with water. And, you know, this university is looking at setting up uh, more of an internet uh, or connected way in order to predict when. Uh, when water levels are low in people's storage tanks so that they know exactly at the right time when they can send a delivery truck and serve multiple communities all at once. Because right now it's kind of a, a guess as to when they need to send the delivery trucks. And you might run into a situation where a community might run very low on water uh, and they don't want to run into that situation. So getting connectivity is so important to Allow them access to drinking water, mm-hmm. so there's so many benefits that could potentially um, come up uh, by having more reliable internet access pretty much anywhere you want you know, so in, in the world would this
2: be achieved by um, you know these communities who are in these remote locations and haven't had the benefit of internet would they be you know keeping track of the of the data of their water levels and you know providing you know, the most current and up to date information is that how this is yeah they
0: they're 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 looking at just putting like a very simple like float sensor and connecting to a very simple uh cellular phone to kind of be able to transmit uh the data so it's uh it's not it's not rocket science but it's one of those it it will become an essential service mm-hmm. because they you know these communities don't have pipes where they can like send water from, you know, far locations. So they, they highly rely on these trucks. And that, that's why, like, internet is so important for these rural communities to be able to stay connected and to uh, get resources in a timely fashion. Awesome. That is yes, a very uplifting great. story. So that's that's a, a cool little story. And uh, SpaceX will continue to kind of send more of these satellites throughout the year. And I'm really interested to kind of see um the system kind of turn on this year and um and we'll see uh they they claim that it will be pretty cost cost affordable mm-hmm. uh for rural communities so i'll be interested to see how they're able to do the pricing and whether it would actually help uh, some of these communities up north in canada that don't really have a way to connect to the internet
1: do they have a contingency plan if all of this goes wrong, and they've got all these um satellites up there, and they're all reflecting too they... much light? do they have a laser that they can just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no they they'll just wait until they it deorbits uh, e- oh. each satellite will deorbit if they turn off their engines they deorbit within a few months oh just okay, fall out of the sky okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the whole point, they specifically put these satellites very low into the atmosphere uh, so that it, it doesn't take much for it to fall out of the sky mm-hmm. and burn up.
1: Oh, okay. They've thought of everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 think,
0: I think probably the, the, the sticking point is still going to be uh, how reflective it is to, in the night sky because... Uh, uh, myself and I think a lot of astronomers are still really concerned about um, uh, seeing too many of these fly across the sky. Like, for example, like I, I love taking photos of like the Milky Way. And every time there's an airplane or a satellite, it just ruins the image. Like, you'll sit there uh, trying to take a photo for, you know, a minute. And then you look at the image and it's completely ruined because some satellite has <laughs> passed by it. So...
1: And not just that, but, like, you've got astronomers who are trying to take pictures of things that are, you know, millions of miles away, right? Would that interfere with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at something, trying to gather data on, let's say, a star or a planet, and it's suddenly a satellite flies right by uh, your imaging, then it kind of ruins your data. So, But uh, I think at the same time, you know, uh, obviously internet access is important for these communities so we have to try to find a way to balance both sides balance the needs of science but also obviously we got to help um uh, these communities that really have no good way of uh, accessing in, uh, information and what everyone else um, can benefit from in terms of uh, getting information from the internet and even when i think about like education for example right like having uh, students in these communities finally have access to the internet being able to kind of uh learn about new topics or do research i mean this is this this would be all great stuff mm-hmm. for uh, some of these communities.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, thinking about education even right now and, and how school boards are trying to get devices and Internet access into the hands of kids so that they can learn right now. Like, especially, you know, when... And, I mean,
0: some, some families probably don't have very good Internet access or even, like, tablets or computers, right? There are some
1: that don't have Internet access at all. So they've been giving out um, tablets with cellular data on them so they're able to connect to like cellular data to 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 access the internet so you know we've given out a lot of different computers a lot of um tablets and things like that to to help people but it's definitely bridging that gap um you know knowledge is power knowledge is helps you to get a good job and all of that stuff so it's it's one of those things that you really need to have access to the internet is just something that's become really uh, essential in in our lives
0: have you been doing any zoom calls like with students or anything like that no
1: zoom calls i've heard about some people like in the states having zoom calls and like funny things happen to their kids during zoom calls like birds fly in or whatever
0: <laughs> uh, i i so i've I'm, I'm going back to by talk on tiktok but uh there are some amazing pranks that students have been doing on Zoom, (laughs) Uh, but one of my, some that I saw, so on Zoom, you know, the the teacher can see all their students, right, Mm -hmm. in in this huge grid, Uh, so uh, there's a TikTok video of someone uh, filming this prank where uh, the student convinced all the students to um, basically freeze in place, like, uh, do, like, a mannequin. <laughs> so the, the the teacher will be talking, then suddenly, you know, uh, the student will give a single, and everyone freezes in place. Uh, and they'll, they'll freeze in place doing, like, really stupid things. But from a teacher's perspective, it looks like her computer's frozen. <laughs> so she's, she's, like, shaking her computer. Like, oh, is, why, why is my computer frozen? <laughs> but all the students have been frozen. And it's really funny because uh, some some parents would be like nearby seeing what the students are doing. So you'll have, a, you know, let's say 30 grids uh, on the screen with a bunch of all 30 students frozen. And just at, you know, one corner of the screen, you can see a parent come in <laughs> shaking their kid. <laughs>
1: because
0: they're like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't had any of those experiences. Um <laughs> I've heard some interesting stories, but we're kind of taking the do no harm approach of, like, not all kids can access the internet at the same time. Sometimes they share computers. Um, Also, maybe they're just stressed out and, like, can't get on that phone call. There's mental health issues. So we're kind of saying no Zoom calls. We're not going to force kids to be on the same uh, call at the same time. We're just kind of, you know, do our learning remotely and check in with people and... Yeah, I really do want to see my students, so I kind of like want to talk to them face to face and see how they're doing and and all of that. But you know, it's it's a it's a challenge, and you want to you want to be receptive to your students and and make sure you're taking care of them and all of that.
2: Do you two remember flash mobs?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that basically the same thing? All these students doing their freeze frame at the same time is that
0: like a flash mob? Right. Uh- I feel like I gotta let, let me send it. To you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to send maybe a, well, an example of one.
1: Can you but... bring it up on Zoom cuz you did that before and that was so cool.
0: Yes, I can. So, here's the link. I just sent it. I sent it to you. Okay. So, uh do you remember in Toy Story when Andy comes in <laughs> like, all, all the toys free like they fall down and and freeze. Yeah. So basically this student uh uh yells out, Hey, Andy's coming, and then all the students just like fall yeah. to the ground. <laughs> and it's amazing. They all return to their toy form. Yeah, if you look at each at each individual um square, there's something like different going yeah. on at every stage. Like in this square here, there's a mom dragging her, <laughs> dragging her son back to his chair after, uh, uh, after he like fell over. So, I look- so, you can see like the mom dra- dragging, and in the audio you can hear the mom <laughs> yelling, "What are you doing? <laughs> Get back!"
2: It's fantastic, and I love the teacher too. Then, She's just um, so baffled and looking everywhere. Yeah. And then this... Rory, are you watching this right now? Yeah,
1: of course. Or are you watching it on the Zoom?
2: I quickly watched it through the link, and now I'm looking at
1: the details as
0: Kenny points them out.
1: Because I can't watch through the link right now.
0: There's there's this student who's in a pool right there. (laughs) And then... uh, I think there's another... Another square, like a parent is like hitting the kid because, or no, because the student fell over. There's this parent that's kicking the kid. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I think this this one here is the one where the parents is kicking kicking the kid. There, see the parent walk in, kick. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: This is gonna be so frustrating for teachers who just want to teach a <laughs> lesson. <laughs>
2: Are you kidding? This is awesome. Think of the amount of planning and organization this takes. It's wonderful.
0: <laughs> so, so if you're gonna do a Zoom, Sherry, uh, you got to yes. be prepared. Prime <laughs> suggestion.
1: I could 100% convince my kids to come on a Zoom and do some sort of TikTok memey thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, or you should prank them. Mm. No, funnier.
1: I would need your help to come up with something, but I think you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But the only problem would be once you start, it's war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I could keep up with that. I'm not a troublemaker. I'm a teacher. I was always <laughs> a good kid.
2: <laughs> Never a prankster, Sherry?
1: Never a prankster. No, I kind of wish I was, because then I would have all these ideas to do to these kids right now. But nothing, got nothing.
0: Mm. There are some teachers on TikTok. You should probably like learn from them. Mm.
1: They
0: they do some stuff.
1: I don't go on TikTok because after you talked about it, I worry about the Chinese government having access to my data. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well. Uh, for me, okay, they're just gonna see me watching cat videos, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Can't
1: they see things after you've left the app though? Like, like sometimes websites, once I leave the website, they can still see what I'm doing. No,
0: not not for this. No, okay. It, 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 they they just monitor what you're doing inside the app, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. At least uh, there's sh- at least for uh, iOS, there shouldn't be any data leaving the application okay so bring out your best pranks to yourself sherry yeah.
1: <laughs> i need your help you gotta help me
0: yeah you just need to think of an idea i should i should like find the the teachers that are using tiktok and figure out what type of pranks they yeah. they're doing with their kids
1: yeah
0: it's the only way to stay sane you have to, <laughs> you have
1: to play pranks
0: you gotta... exactly play pranks have fun But don't do bad pranks. So, have you guys heard about Zoom bombing?
1: Zoom bombing. Oh yeah. So
0: Zoom. So Zoom is this uh platform we're using right now to you know uh video conference all of us. But and it's being used by companies uh for meetings and things like that. So a Zoom bombing is essentially when you have a bunch of hackers basically um uh, enter. Your Zoom meeting, and they'll either like start uh, sharing graphic photos mm. or start yelling things into your conference, and uh, you know it can happen really fast, especially if you publish your Zoom link uh, on a website. Um, so, uh, so I have actually experienced being Zoom bombed. Oh, really? Uh, I was, yeah, I, I was in a uh, call. It wasn't for work. It was actually. Uh, I've been kind of uh working with a nonprofit group in uh in the US uh who uh does some work with LGBT people in the tech industry, trying to do uh networking, uh recruiting, things like that. So I've been uh doing doing some work in terms of like trying to recruit people from that uh from that organization. Uh so we were having this call uh and it was a I can't remember what what's the purpose of the call? But anyways, it was a, a group call. We had like, maybe like 30 people. Then all of a sudden, um, tons of people started entering the the zoom meeting. Like we, you could see like the list of attendees suddenly went from 30 to like a hundred. Mm. There were like suddenly a hundred people flooding the, the call and all of them were talking at the same time. So like all your audio is completely uh, filled with random, uh, swear words and things like that. And, uh, Images were showing up on the screen, and just like, mm, that doesn't look appropriate for this call, <laughs> and and they immediately uh, shut the shut the meeting down. So, um, but yeah, so it's uh, yeah, not the kind of prank. that we like to see. We like to see more good natured Yeah, that that was one not. Yeah, that wasn't a good kind of prank, but um, I I don't know. I at the same time. I tried to look on it at the positive side of things and to me it was just like this is a rite of passage. You I, I felt like I I walked through fire and survived a Zoom bombing <laughs> and uh and now people know better. That's why now like the uh Zoom has implemented like password protection, things like that. So now it's a lot more secure because you can really uh protect um, um protect the Zoom conference calls from people just randomly entering your Zoom meeting.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Hey, perfect. Learning teachable moment. You just uh, picked up some new knowledge.
0: Yeah, it's a teachable moment. And I don't know, I I kind of laugh about it now because it's like, well, wow, that was unusual. Like, it was just a very... <laughs> yeah. It just happened so fast. I was just like, well... <laughs>
1: Did that, everyone that, stay on the call or did did like
0: no the um some people were pretty offended about like the language or what they saw, so they decided not to stay on the call um but uh but for those that stayed yeah it it was fine, but I understand why some people were a little traumatized um but but i I you know. It's, you can't control everything that happens in life, and sometimes you just gotta like let it roll off. You Gotta of you. roll and with it. <laughs> you gotta roll with it, and you know it. It didn't happen again. That's the thing. Like, you, like you learn from your mistake. They did not password protect the Zoom call, so they learned their mistake. They and then you know our our next call within like they set up a new one in a few minutes, and then they password protected it. Um, and yeah, so you just gotta roll with it. But I think we're pretty much done. I was, Yeah, I
1: figured we were pretty much done anyway. I'm done with you, Rory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't
2: had enough of you, Sherry.
1: (laughs) I know, I miss you. We could keep going all
2: day. It'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I miss you guys. It's it's sad not, you know, seeing you once a month to do our recordings. I know. Like, I can see you, but, like, not see you.
2: You never realize
0: the things that you look forward to until it's not a thing anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Just remember... This is only temporary. We will get over it. I just don't know when, but the storm will—it <laughs> will be over one day. will come out the other one side. One day it will. Yeah,
1: I think that's the exactly. worst part about it—is like not knowing how long we're going to be in this.
0: Yeah, but let's try to make the best of it. I'm—I'm I'm like back on. I'm back on a normal routine now. I'm just like I'm trying to like force myself to go to bed early, wake up early. Try to exercise. It's good for you. Trying to like just get back into some kind of normal routine. Cause I, I definitely like I felt like I was in a slump mm-hmm. for almost a month. It's just like, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So now I, I've been really trying to be proactive at like forcing myself to get back into a routine.
1: That's, that's good. good. Yeah. Everyone needs I that. I've not that's, got that that's far
0: that's, yet. That's my recommendation. <laughs> yeah. That's my recommendation if you're feeling kind of blue it's they gotta gotta get into a routine so excellent advice
1: speaking of routine we're coming up on my afternoon nap <laughs>
0: <laughs> routines are important That's sherry appropriate as well there's there's a lot of self-care involved nowadays yes. <laughs> so afternoon naps are a, acceptable uh agenda for the absolutely mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tick tock boys tick tock (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay okay so let's uh wrap up and so thanks everyone for listening in and we will chat with you guys next time
1: all right bye. bye bye until next time Sorry, my dog is eating again. <laughs> There's just gonna be like these constant noises of like water and food, chewing
2: and lapping. <laughs> much,
1: much, 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 much. I apologize. This is <laughs> didn't work out so well today. You're gonna have a hell of a time editing this. <laughs>